to the people that this connects with, man, like, you know, I, I really, I'm really letting you know, like, you know, that the same words that I received yesterday is that it's never too late to become the person that you always thought you could be. And wherever you are in your journey, just know that I was not a believer in my own future and I did not think I could create it. Through this work, shadow work, vibration work, trauma work, physical health work, commitment around food and all that other kind of stuff, man, making a non-negotiable commitment to the values upon which I stand has helped me to, to transition and transform my life. You're listening to Sanyika Street, my special guest on today's episode of the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, before I introduce him to you, fun fact, did you know that we create a detailed outline for every interview we do here on the podcast? Well, sometimes we stick to it step by step, and other times we just use it as a starting point and allow the conversation to evolve organically. Well, in this episode you're about to hear, we never even looked at the outline. Not once. And why is that? It's because as soon as Sanika and I sat down to talk, we immediately connected and spontaneously began exploring deep and intimate issues that are close to our hearts. You see, so often as entrepreneurs, we think we've got to stick to business and strategies. But as you'll discover in this episode, that couldn't be further from the truth. And at the end of the day, it's all about connection and relationships. Yes, Sanyika is a successful entrepreneur, masterful storyteller, and moving public speaker. But more than that, he's a truly powerful person who's willing to have the sometimes hard and always meaningful conversations with himself and others. I'm proud to share our conversation with you, and I sincerely hope you enjoy it. And as a special bonus, Sanika and I recorded the video of this episode as well. So if you prefer to watch and listen, go to subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 152. As always, I'm your host, Eric Turnison, and this is episode 152 of the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome to the show, Sanika. Nice to be here. Pleasure to have you. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been taking a look at your website, and I've been just really energized by those moving videos that you have with like the motions that you're making and the people like jumping up in the audience and getting all into whatever's going on. There's no sound, so it's it's all a mystery. <laughs> but for whatever's going on, it's clear that you're moving the people. Mm, that's a good way to explain it. The grounded intention of why I am known as the fire starter is because that is my intention is to start fires in people. So it is to to light, to set the fire that launches the ignition switch in the personal engine of the human that helps them to live at their greatest capacity. Now, that actually leads into this, this something we, we spoke about last week. And I'd love to hear a bit more about this. Now, when we chatted, you mentioned that you were just about to perform a ceremony where you were going to burn everything that was gray in your life. And you didn't mean this figuratively or symbolically. You meant literally, you're going to burn things that are gray. For example, you were wearing a gray t-shirt at that time and you said that that would be burned along with everything else gray that you Mm -hmm. owned. So follow-up question on that is, have you performed this ceremony? And if so, how did it go? And what's your thinking behind this? Got it. Well, to be direct, which is always my intention, the name of my coaching methodology and the name of is called the all in method. It's literally about being all in. One of the things that happens speaks specifically to that question, but I have not done the ceremony yet. I will be doing the ceremony next week on June 19th. And the intention of it is to live all in. So you are either living in your powerful yes or your powerful no. There is no more room for gray. Mm. 
Literally. There's no more middle, right? It's either Black Lives Matter or they don't. Mm-hmm. What most people think is they go, oh, you know, it's either Black Lives Matter or all lives. No, 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 no. Pick a side. Yeah. You're either living in a value-based life or you are not. So non-negotiable commitment is the underlying foundation of everything that I do. And my non-negotiable commitment is to the values that I live by. And so integrity, diversity, honor, things like that. Like I know the word, like it's no longer an intellectual thought process. So what happens a lot of times is that because of the fact that we are living in this vast information overload, Mm -hmm. so many different choices, it's like, what do I choose? I don't even know what to choose. (laughs) And that's why you got to get refined with who you are as a person. Make sure that your vibration with you is solid. And then everything else moves from there. So speaking to that great thing, yeah, I'm burning all the, all the gray stuff in my wardrobe. It's gone. I got some gray and a white pair of Adidas that I bought two months ago. Them joints are gone. They are ghosts. <laughs> I'm telling you. Goodbye. And then people want to go, well, why are you burning them? Why don't you give them? Why would I give somebody something that I don't personally believe in? Right. It's toast. Yeah. It's toast. No butter. Perfect. So, By the way, everything that you're saying, uh, 100% resonate with this in my own life. Now, non-negotiable commitment, 100%. Then you also said, as a foundation to that, make sure your vibration with you is solid. And I think that this is something that people want to skip. They want to be committed to something, but they want somebody else to tell them what they should be committed to, which I think is a recipe for disaster in a lot of cases. So how do you approach, for your personal practice and the people you work with, how do we get solid with our own vibration? Got it. Can I ask you in terms of just your interpretation of that vibration, yeah. like getting solid with one's vibration? Mm-hmm. So one way that I could say it is getting in touch with your heart. Like you were saying, your yes, your no. Yeah. Having the clarity to know in a given situation, not intellectually, how do I think about this? Because... I know somebody says this is right, but another group of people says Mm. this is wrong. And therefore, I'm going to cognitively figure out where I should land to be political, politically correct. Mm. To me, that's not trustworthy. How do you feel? How does your heart or gut resonate in a situation? But the thing is, in order to get in touch with that, I find we have to relieve ourselves of the weight of the mind to be guiding the show. Yeah. Yeah. Surrender is a huge part of it. And I'm very specific. I'm a language guy. So I always tell people I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm just a writer trapped in the body of an NFL lineman. And the thing about it is that language is, I use language to track people's trajectory towards the future. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's part of my, my coaching methodology. But so this is the way that I look at it. So your question is, so someone uses the language and they say, well, they're having a conversation about like for instance, there's a, there's a health related component to my programs. There's a transformational component and a tangible aspect. Transformational is the person that you become as a result, everything like that. But then there's also the, the specific tangible aspect. Like, if, so how much do you want to weigh? Right. What's the number? Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't want to run away from the numbers because the numbers bring up the feelings. Right. Right. The mm-hmm. same way that the, the same way that when you pick a side, you have come, the feelings come up. Mm-hmm. So we have to be open to approaching a vision of the future 
And that's where I see that most people get lost is that they don't have a clear enough vision of the future. They're just trapped in the present. So not only do I use language, I use where in time someone's language occurs to identify the emotions that they're going through. A story real quick. Somebody said all the stuff with COVID and coronavirus, I saw these small businesses closing. It felt like an athlete having a career ending injury. I said, okay. And I was really sad and really emotional about it. And I felt constricted and everything. And I said, okay, how old is that athlete again? I said, you know, maybe, you know, 21, two, three, four, five, maybe 26, 26, seven, eight, nine, whatever in the twenties. I said, what if, you know, I said, I understand the feeling of having a career ending injury and the devastation associated with it at the time in the present. What's the future? Mm -hmm. Where's the future of that? Could that career ending injury in that one sport be the opening chapter to the next iteration of that person's life. And so what's happening is that we're living in a present that is not serving us towards a future that we're looking to accomplish. Right. And so I'm like, if we're trying to create the future, I believe that we live in the future now. Mm -hmm. We're living, we're tracking towards the future right now. So the future that I'm living in is right now. So I have to be open to the idea that if I take a stand for my personal values now, it's going to create the future. And then I need to be open to the idea that it's going to get messy when I'm working on identifying what my emotions are, Mm -hmm. surrendering to those emotions. So it will be messy. I need to have a vision for the future. And I need to make sure that I'm open to expressing my emotions and being able to refine my viewpoint through conversation. Yeah. And commitment is messy. I'm also very fond of language and very careful about how I use it because I know people interpret it always differently. Sure. But to me, you know, messy has a negative connotation to it, but I don't see that the quote unquote messiness that commitment brings and taking a stand brings is a negative thing. It's actually, that's what life is about. You know, I have a friend who commits to taking a cold plunge in a tub every day, and they've been doing this for years. Very powerful practice. But every morning, there's a resistance to doing that. Like, especially Mm -hmm. in the winter, because it's already cold outside. But there's something so powerful about that commitment to a practice and being consistent with it. Because, like you said, when you do that commitment, it brings up the feelings. Oh, I have a feeling of resistance. But I'm going to do it anyway. You know, and that's a muscle to build that I think we've been very spoiled. We feel like feelings of resistance mean that we should stop. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a feeling of resistance simply means that maybe we're growing and that this is the, <laughs> path, this is the path of growth and that it should be followed and stuck with. I'm with you on that. Your friend jumps in the tub every day, mm. right? Commitment is the process. Why is he doing it? Mm -hmm. The value propositions in the future, who he becomes as a result, the the health or she, right? The the health benefits are related to it. The person, the vibration that she feels as a result of it, that's in the future. So if I have a vision of who I can become as a result of this practice, most people just see the practice. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of times is that because we live in a society where it's instant gratification, that's a real thing, right? Instant gratification forces us many times to only live in the present. We're operating in this immediate dopamine hit. If it doesn't happen now, if it doesn't do it now, if it doesn't do it, this Mm -hmm. is that 30,000 foot view says, well, what's the value proposition? Your why is in the future. Can I take a 
larger, a big picture view of the situation, see the value in the future of me doing this practice and then commit to the practice. Because if I go to somebody who has 50 pounds to lose, and then I come to that person and I say, you know what, would you lose that 50 pounds in 30 days? The person would be like, uh, I don't, uh, maybe, I guess, may, I don't know. I mean, sort of, right? <laughs> but if I said, I'll give you $10 million if you lose 50 pounds in 30 days, would you do it? And then they go, oh, hell yeah. Most people would. Yeah. Well, why would you do it? Well, for the money. No, 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 no. Because I gave you a picture of the future. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you can do with $10 million. It can create financial freedom. You can pay off your bills. You can do all of these different things because I gave you a picture of the future. And then if I took the money away, would you still do it? Mm-hmm. The challenge is not whether or not the money was there. It's that I gave you a vision of the future. So we get to create our own future in this moment. By creating our own future, we can then create the vibrational frequency we need to create any future we want and value ourselves at whatever value we want as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to surrender, the path of surrender is bringing that future that you're working to closer and closer to the present Absolutely. moment. Yeah. Because the further away the future is that you're working towards, and again, it's these desires. Like if, say we're working for money or we're working for power right. or, or these other things, maybe we'll get them, maybe we won't. But if we do, does that really lead us to a place of contentment and ability to be present with ourselves at all times? And again, I think that contentment comes back to aligning with your vibration. Because if you're discontent, you can't be aligned with your vibration. Because you feel as if, and you live as if, you don't have something in your life. So what you're talking about, we have to be checking in and recognize that the choices that we make every moment is literally creating the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This conversation that we are having, if we were having it five years ago, I'd be, it would be a different kind of conversation, dude. Yeah. You know? For me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like broke, broken two DUIs, you know, drinking problems still, girlfriend paying the bills. I'm 40 years old, you know? And, and at that point in my life, dude, I was lost. Mm-hmm. I was lost. And I didn't know commitment was a prison to me, you know? I'm in a relationship with a woman who has an eight-year-old son. Never would have happened. Right. Because I'm operating by somebody else's narrative. The narrative, oh, you can't be with a woman who has a kid. You, you know, it's not going to work out. I was always operating to the future that someone else created because I didn't believe I could create the future. I didn't believe in the future because I didn't know who I was. Mm. And that knowing who I was part, you know, there's the broad, the sort of the platitude of it. But then when it got down to it, you know, what I feel like, especially with COVID and, and Black Lives Matter, the reemergence of Black Lives Matter, I feel like, um, you know, are you familiar with the term market correction? Yeah, but maybe not in the way that you're using it. Got it. So market correction is, is like, you know, there's a there's an inflation in, in terms of things and then the market essentially corrects itself. Yeah. It gets rid of the dead weight. Right. right. So what happened with COVID is that a lot of people were claiming to be experts. <laughs> right. Like, yo, I'm an expert. I'm an expert at this. I'm an expert at that. I'm an expert at this. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call from one of your clients and says, yo, I have to lay off half of my labor force because I'm really going through a real situation. And you said that you're an expert and you have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and I need your help. 
And then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, I'm not really an expert. Oh, I can't help you. Yeah. That was the first market correction. So it was a market correction on experts. The second market correction was Black Lives, the reemergence of Black Lives Matter. That was a market correction on courage. Mm -hmm. So all these people out here posting Instagram memes and like lean into the discomfort. You know, courage is on the other side of fear. You know, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Do you believe that Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I'm still working. I'm still thinking about it. You know, I'm still sorry. Yeah, it's still really, I'm, you know, so, so, you know, whatever. And so then all of a sudden, you lean into the discomfort, but then it got uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Courage is on the other side of fear, but then you got afraid. Right. So all of a sudden, the market correction happened where it was like, yo, now I know who's really, who really believes in those things and who was just repurposing the content. Right. I love that. Like, there's so many great sayings, but it's like, there are all these mystical keys. It's not just a bunch of words that just sound good together. And so many people just use these sayings like, yeah, courage is on the other side of fear. Do you actually freaking know what that means? Have you (laughs) experienced that? It's not like something you hang on your fridge to inspire you to like get through your morning cup of coffee every day. You know, it's like, what is fear? How do you experience fear in your life? And therefore what is courage? Yes. You know, and Fear is not just some like, again, future thing that doesn't happen anyway. Fear happens every single day to all of us, but we become desensitized to it and we make choices of how to isolate ourselves from it so they don't have to deal with the discomfort. And therefore, we don't get any practice at being courageous because we live lives that are sheltered from experiencing discomfort and therefore we're never challenged to build muscles of moving through discomfort, which is ultimately what growth is. And therefore you end up with people who never grow because they're not actually living life. They're just existing in some construct that was created by somebody else. Yeah. You asked previously, you said, you know, how do we get solid in our vibration Mm -hmm. by vibrating? So for instance, when, when, when you train for the military, use this as an example, but they put you in high stress situations to be able to train you so that you are operating under the conditions of which you, you're going to need to be to thrive. So that means that you need to step into the arena. Right? You need to step into the arena and be vibrated. Mm-hmm. And in the conversation around social media, we're no longer operating from the place of like physical danger all the time. You know, some people are, but by and large, the majority of us are not operating in that space. So, so a lot of people feel the perceived danger of taking a stand and being extricated from their communities, mm-hmm. right? Oh, well, if I take this stand, I'm no longer going to be accepted or received or liked or loved as a result of being in this community, right? So that's the danger that we expose ourselves to. And my thing is, is once I understand the value proposition of my personal values, the potential benefits associated with them as I've worked them, right? So identify the value, right? Why is integrity powerful for me? Well, integrity is, imp- is powerful for me because... I used to be a liar when I was a kid because I was afraid all the time. And I was, I was all over the place. I operated in a constant state of fear. I grew up in the inner city. I was afraid of everything. I didn't know how to fight. I was constantly living under fear. So I created this universe where I was trying to protect myself. And then I realized that I was not allowing myself to experience life. Mm-hmm. I transitioned from that into a space where now, as a person, I am always upfront, transparent, honest, and direct in my communication with people. 
And what it does is, is that it also, so here's the vibration. The vibration isn't necessarily just on social media. The vibration is when I go over to my girlfriend's parents' houses and they say something racist or they say something offensive. Mm -hmm. That's the vibration. Am I open? Am I willing to confront them? In a loving way, I don't need to fight them. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, do I, am I open to bringing awareness to something that is out of integrity with me? Right. right. And so, because if that's the stand, then you said it. Your fear is something every day. So, yeah, I mean, sure, I'll be afraid. It's my girlfriend's parents or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. But am I open to stepping into the arena? Am I open to correcting someone when they mispronounce my name in a loving way? I mm-hmm. can do it in a very way that's that's loving and it's gracious and it's you know, that's kind in terms of that, but I can step into this because it's my personal stand for me. Right. I just got off the phone with somebody and it says, okay, if you mispronounce my name, I said, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. It is not okay for me to mispronounce your name. Your name is the first, first issuing of your energy into the universe. And that name, your stand for your name is the most important stand that you will take and you must make that stand right now. Don't let me get away with it and don't let nobody else get away with it either. Right. And I lovingly sit with people until they get my name right. I, it ain't no, it's just, you know, it's just that we having a conversation. It's an icebreaker. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So it's your own personal work. Absolutely. Personal yeah. work in that way. You said something earlier in reference to your relationship. This is a story uh, that people tell themselves to often like avoid doing work is that it's not going to work out. So I tell myself now, oh, whatever I'm entering into is not going to work out. Therefore, I essentially let myself off in the present from doing any work. Yeah. Because I have an idea of what it working out or it not working out looks like. But I think, you know, we don't often, coming back to surrender, maybe the way that things are supposed to work out isn't how we expect it to work out. Mm. Just because, Mm -hmm. like, with relationships, for example, is the point of a relationship that we're always going to be together? Or is the point of a relationship that we're going to be together for as long as we're going to be together and learn something from each other and grow with each other until such point as we're not vibrating together in that way? And then we move in our different directions. But there's Mm. this clingingness that you know of of everything like i need to understand what the plan is i need to know what i'm getting myself into otherwise i won't do it it's like well you're extremely limiting yourself if that's your perspective (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to do anything that's going to result in growth and you know you talk about putting yourself out there on social media or feeling a comment from somebody who's close to you or not close to you feeling that that doesn't resonate with you and not feeling empowered enough or accepting enough of yourself to communicate that to somebody like, Hey, actually, when you say that, I feel this way, just so you know, like not having an expectation right. that person, they can choose their path, what to do with that. Right. But it's yeah. important for us to, to one, recognize how we feel about it and be willing to communicate it. Yeah. The way that I got in touch with that feeling as a man who has never really been aware of his feelings, who's mm. been, you know, COVID-19, that's the first time I was wearing a mask outside. I've been wearing masks my whole damn life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, it's like one of those things where you're just like, oh man, I realize I haven't been in touch with my emotions. Yeah. And through somatic experiencing, trauma work, Mm -hmm. you know, being witnessed 
in the aspects of my life that I feel ashamed or feel guilty and allowing myself to speak those things into existence. And again, the vibration, because you physically start to, there's so much, because you know, muscle memory. Yeah. Many people don't understand, I'm sure you do, but the concept is, is that the most common form of trauma is disappointment mm. from unmet expectations. So when I am disappointed, I internalize that. And then if I do not allow myself to speak on that disappointment, to reframe the expectations, to create new agreements, then what's happening is that I am internalizing the feelings. And then all of a sudden, my muscles are remembering the trauma. Mm-hmm. So they are preventing me from I physically. And all of a sudden, that mental thought becomes a physical manifestation and it paralyzes you. So then all of a sudden, that mental thought prevents you from waving at the next person because every time you wave at people, no one waves back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said, like it's not going to work out. Yeah. Right. It's not going to work out. So then my muscles are remembering that. So then it's helpful for us and it's different ways to do it. But the way that I did it was going through and I incorporate this into my practice, but the idea of, you know, somatic experiencing so that you can release the trauma. Right. So you can be witnessed in your mess, as you said. And right. And I, we, we carry the same belief around the word messy. And when you are witnessed in that and then you release it, now we can piece it apart, identify what aspects of it were perception or perceptions that did not serve you, and then start to create this new trajectory towards the future. Right. This idea of vibration and subtle energy, I mean, it's so fundamental because like you're talking about now, you hold tension in your body. It's the memory of things and you may not be consciously aware of it, but when you walk through the street and the world and you're holding tension, Mm. you're literally attracting and repelling things based on that. You don't think, you think, oh, it's because I wave that somebody, but no, but you're not, when you're waving or when you take an action, so much is communicated through body language that we naturally understand a primitive level. And we may not consciously understand that that's what we're interpreting. But like I notice, because I'm, I'm visually see you, but I notice how often when you speak, you put your, your hand to your chest above your heart. Mm. That is a body language expression that actually that's the part of your body you're tuning into when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and also, you know, the relaxed quality you have, like there's, some people may watch, may get transcripts of your events where you have this impact on people to be like, I want to do that too. And they're like, I'm going to memorize these lines. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the reason it's, so impactful and effective is not necessarily because of what you're saying. It It is because of what you're saying, but your whole being is in vibration with those things. So that's what people are tuning into, not necessarily cognitively right. the story you're right. telling. Although it is powerful, you know, the stories and the words is an entry point for like, it's like, I think of the pill and the meat. You know, you want to Mm -hmm. give a dog or an animal medicine, you put it in something they like. Mm. So stories can be these things if you're kind of like a magician in that way. Yeah, that's a really powerful, you just let me up, man. Mm. You just let me up. You just let me up. Because first of all, all this stuff, again, as a man Mm. who did not realize that I didn't touch myself, Mm. I got people's, all the people in my program are going through, there's a health related result. And as a tracking related result, I got pictures of 
I got all types of pictures of people in my in their underwear because I take pictures in my underwear now. And so the idea is like, you know, guys, women, and coming into place where it's like, oh, not, my body is okay to be witnessed, right? I post pictures of me in my underwear on Facebook and Instagram now. It's just like, oh, I never realized I had body issues. Mm-hmm. I never realized that I had body issues. I couldn't I touch myself for like, no, I wasn't. None of that was happening. The thing I was realizing is that as you were talking about the words, is this is a awareness that I've come into. Have you ever read the book on power versus force Mm-mm. or heard about it? Mm. I forgot the name of it. I've read experts on it and I've studied this one section of it that talks about the fact that different emotions have a, an actual wattage. Mm. I love the fact that we have this conversation about vibration, right? Because the, your energy, your energetics, they don't show up in the KPIs of your Facebook analytics or the data. Well, they do exactly ultimately. Talk, <laughs> right. They do right. ultimately. They do. <laughs> they do. But I can't interpret it necessarily yeah, from the, yeah. the text. And so what happens is that as a result of the fact that words have a wattage, I look at words as little drops of energy. Mm-hmm. And when formulated or put into sequence, which is a sentence, and sequences formed into paragraphs with the right individuals, those words pack a punch, you know? And so if I say the N word to somebody who is black, that word is energetic. Mm. It has energy. It it speaks to some aspect of their experience. And so what we then become is that words words are not just necessarily words. They are our opportunity to energetically communicate what it is that we are speaking to another individual, which is the reason why I think it's so important that the foundation of those words, the foundation of the language that we use and that vibration stands from the, from what it is that we stand for first Mm -hmm. and getting solid in that. Because, because like you said, by the time I show up on camera, I could do whatever I, because I feel comfortable in my own skin. You know, I have, I have scars on my chest, all on my chest. Mm. And what I realized is that, you know, getting into the nitty gritty is like, you know, I used to have, I used to feel uncomfortable getting naked to have sex, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. of the scars that I had, I didn't realize I had body issues. <laughs> and then I realized that going back to it is that as I allow myself to confront them, to be witnessed, the intellectual process is I'm going to figure this out on my own. I can come to you and I can say, you know, I, I'd like you to witness me in this. You know, because society issues, you know, it's hard to deal with society issues in isolation, right? Mm -hmm. So if I come to you and I say, witness me, please, coach me, help me through this, you know, witness me in this process. And so literally the witnessing of it allows me to be able to confront the shame and guilt to create a new perception. Brings it to the surface. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brings it to the surface. So I've worked through a lot of these things and whereas yeah there's modalities and stuff that i do mm-hmm. i help people to make money and to lose weight and do all that other kind of stuff but honestly dude like this 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 thing that human this essence that i am tapping into and continually refining like this is what i want to channel to people mm-hmm. that what you said the comfort the freedom the fluidity like that's what i want to i want to transmute to people so that people can step into to ease and and grace and dynamic aspects of their lives. You know, like that's what I want people to step into. And then after you do that, man, the results and all that mess, oh, that's just nothing. Right, right. That's nothing. And maybe the results that happen 
through that process of transformation, you let go of the results that you thought you wanted in the first place because you're just changed. I also, you know, I want to honor you just sharing all of that stuff and I really appreciate it. And the thing is, this is the essential new paradigm about communication. You know, we've, we come from a, a, a growing up in a time when everything was about appearance. If you want to have these things, if you want to be this way, you have to have appearance. So naturally, we're all freaking afraid of right. being open because I'm not going to look the way that I need to look in order to be loved, be successful, or whatever the story is. Mm-hmm. But that's what's being broken down now with people like yourself being courageous enough to stand on the front lines and be like, hey, actually, look, I'm going to do it. And you'll experience that. I'm doing this. I'm showing you my light. I'm showing you my shadow. And you still love me. Right? Mm-hmm. It's rewriting the story that people aren't loved because of their shadow, because mm-hmm. of the things that are quote unquote wrong with them. Right. That's not why people aren't loved. People aren't loved because they don't accept and love themselves first. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a a march yesterday and the woman who was speaking at the, the you know, for Black Lives Matter March and she was, this woman was saying it's so powerful that she said, um, she said, it's never too late to become the person that you always thought you could be. Mm. You know? And man, that's, that spoke to my soul. <laughs> the reason I talk so much about the future is because of just my own personal work, the value of understanding it, and a lot of the work I've really stepped into in terms of um, like Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and mm-hmm. that kind of philosophy. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. It's it's powerful. I used to have this relationship with time. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. How? How are you not where you're supposed to be? When 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 where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be at. Like how 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 are you not where you're supposed to be? Yeah. You know where is this mythical magical place that you are supposed to be, Sanyika? And then as I start to get into these conversations with myself and start to realize, and I'm like, man, like you know maybe. Maybe I need to remove, maybe I'm living in a life of expectation around things and I don't even really know what I really want. Mm-hmm. COVID, again, market correction. You just bought that brand new Maserati, homie. You just bought that <laughs> brand new Maserati and now you can't drive it nowhere. Straight uh, up. Uh, Straight up. Now it's like, so now what is it? Now what do you want? <laughs> you yeah. know? Wait, did that what, actually that happen thing? for you? That's the... No, oh, no, okay. I'm just saying, I've okay. seen, I see people who it's got brand, dead, new, yeah. brand new spanking cars, right? <laughs> and it's just like, what you know, you, yeah. like, what, <laughs> uh, so, so it's like, what are we stepping into? And then, you know, so this is a very spiritual aspect of what happened. I'm a very, I didn't even realize I was a spiritual person, to be mm-hmm. honest. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. But then I realized, I've, I, you know, through coaching, my own coaches and everything like that, I've I asked myself, you know, I've gotten these downloads and it was like, the universe was just like, what if we had you taken care of on money? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what if we had you taken, what if money wasn't a thing? What if the stuff wasn't a thing? What would you be about then? Like, if we had, you got you on money. How much you want to make? Got you. Mm-hmm. Right? I got a 10-year trajectory to to create 250 millionaires and to have a net valuation of $250 million. Mm-hmm. So what if we got you on that? So what would you be about? And I was like, mm, what would I be about? 
I'd be about exactly what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's personal work, helping people to reaffirm their values, helping people to step out into the human being that they want to be in the world. There would be no difference. Mm-hmm. And it was like, boom, let's go. <laughs> Got it. Let's do it. Let's right, do it. It's like the hierarchy of needs, right? Like once you take care of the survival stuff, you're available right. now to kind of raise your raise your sights and focus on things like higher. Straight up. And I will tell you this because this is the other part is that if I surrender in this moment, right? Like if I surrender in this moment and I am in this space, then I will be confronted and challenged, mm-hmm. right? I've operated, I've been a leader in very influential circles as a result of joining entrepreneurs groups and, and really standing for myself over the, the redevelopment of myself over the past five years. And now, as I moved in the space of increasing my own personal visibility around my brand and everything like that, that means that people will have varying views on who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Always. Always, right? Yeah. More. More, just at scale. Yeah. And so then I get to step into the space, this new space of, um, if I am to speak for people or to people, to the hearts of people, as many people as I have the ability to reach, whatever that means, then that means that I am subjecting myself to increased praise and criticism at the same rate. And then that's that, then that question comes, is, is it worth it? If we had you covered, would you still do it? The answer is yes. Oh, yeah. All right? I'm just moving into the space, being constantly aware of the, that vibrational frequency. Yeah, well, that's, that's the warrior energy, right? You know, they say the, the most powerful stance in martial arts is the open stance. The one where mm-hmm. you stand in front of your enemy or whatever, whoever they are, and you're just like completely open. Your arms are out. Your, your legs are spread wide. Like it's basically an imitation mm-hmm. hit me. Mm. Because what that communicates is like, look, like, first of all, I'm not coming, showing up to fight. I'm here to be myself. So if you feel like you need to fight me, go ahead. But my openness tells you, like, I've been through the battles. You can try, Mm. you know, you can try and Mm. fight this. And, you know, at this level, we're not talking about physicality fighting. We're talking about somebody who has that vibration within them, some pent up anger that they're going to project onto you and say some things that make absolutely no sense. There's no rational reason why people say these things. But because of the openness, the clearness of a reflection of the person that you are, that's going to bring things up for people and they're going to think it's about you. It has nothing to do with you. But because of the work that you do, it allows them to bring that to the surface for them to deal with. And you're not going to hit them back. Because you know that's not going to help anything. You right. know, you're not going to go into a emotional sparring match with these people. Right. And what will happen in a lot of cases is people will tire themselves out on that, and they'll come to it and be like, "Oh wait, actually, you know, without being hit back because they're so used to being hit back, people right. arguing with them because they seek argument. Like it's like this numbness happens where people start arguing with each other because that's the only." human interaction they can have anymore because <laughs> they're so right. afraid to be open or they maybe not. Right. It's beyond that. They, they don't necessarily even know how. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like running around, like bumping into each other and hitting each other. Cause that's, that's still human contact in a way, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's the powerful work, you know, to be up in front. Yeah. 
I'll offer this in that space, man, because um, the other part about this is around intimacy. That's what I feel like you just explained, mm-hmm. you know, you know, intimacy is again, something that has been a, a recent aspect of stepping into for me mm-hmm. and intimacy is the ability to, to be able to feel in the presence of another with myself or with someone else and to literally just feel, mm-hmm. you know, like to be in that emotion and like, you know, for instance, creating, you know, intimacy, I used to think was just sex. Yeah. You know, I used to be, oh, being intimate. I'm, oh, we're having sex. And what I've become to realize is that intimacy is the ability for me to, to again, to, to speak, to speak from a place of, of my heart and what it is that I'm feeling, to speak the emotions that I'm currently feeling and to share my desires in a way that is respectful of the other human being and be open to releasing expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Chandler, there's a coach, Steve Chandler, there's a book called The Prosperous Coach. I don't know if you ever read it, but Steve Chandler is a master coach and him and Rich Litman, they wrote this book. And so <laughs> Steve has a distinction between expectation versus agreement. Mm-hmm. And, and many of us live in expectation or the assumption of the way that we think things should be. And we are not creating agreements, right? Like the four agreements. We're not creating agreements I've with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I go, okay, well, what's my agreement with myself that I will no longer live in the gray? Mm-hmm. What's my agreement with myself that I will be decisive and open in my stance? So I will stand firm on what it is that I would believe. And, I'll be open to revisiting certain beliefs as a result of new information, mm-hmm. right? So that it, it doesn't become, so that I don't become inflexible, right? but that I become invincible because of the fact that I am, that I understand that I am no longer living in the expectation, but that I'm moving in a space where I'm making agreements with myself and the most powerful superhuman quality I believe that any human being has is your ability like, I feel like I can, I can move into any environment because I have the superhuman ability to ask questions. It's mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. If I offend somebody, I go, well, why are you offended? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. I can ask. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, to me, uh, that, that all brings up the image of the surfer, right? It's like we get this idea that the way that we come to stuff is by making things static and predictable. But the world is not static and predictable. People aren't static and predictable. So the way that we become intimate with the world is we learn to surf whatever the wave is that's being dealt to us, which is, has nothing to do with what our desires are, what our wants are. You know, we try to, we try to control it, try to create walls around us and make things predictable. But that's not really living. And that certainly is not intimacy. Intimacy, like this thought came to mind, like a a passion. We often think about passion as this like blissful thing and it it has these positive qualities to it, but you don't have true passion without fear either. It's a combination. It's kind of like the harmony of those two things, like that you're, yeah, this might not work out. And also my motivation and my commitment and such that I'm going to do it anyway. Like I'm living life on the edge where I don't know what's going to happen. My own life mm-hmm. is a movie and I don't know where it's going to go. And it's like mm-hmm. passion that there's a fire quality to that, that like lights things up. Things aren't just mundane. 
And I don't need mm-hmm. to stimulate myself with all sorts of things just to feel alive. Mm-hmm. And intimacy too, yeah, I, I used to be the same way. I think, oh, intimacy is only about being physical with a partner. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally limited because mm-hmm. I've experienced intimacy with you in this conversation. You know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to me, same. you know, intimacy is when I'm literally just connecting with another person. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting right here in front of me or if you're on Zoom and across the world because the feelings and the energy communicated by sharing the thing that we're sharing is not limited by time and space. You Can know, you repeat that last statement, the last line again? Because that was dope. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the, you, said the thing, you said the field and the energy that we're sharing is not limited by time and space. Correct. When I say something to you and you respond to me and you say, hey man, that lit me up. I'm not in the same room with you, but I feel that energy flow through my heart and I feel that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be with you physically. Mm-hmm. Now it is cool. It, it adds another dimension to it if I am with you physically, but still like these mm-hmm. subtle aspects of energy like that we're working with, that's what intimacy is about, not the pounding together of flesh. Although that's yeah. cool too. But mm-hmm. when you're in touch with the more subtle levels of intimacy, that stuff just becomes... Like if people want a goal for the future, hey, like get intimacy, get in touch with your heart because sex is going to be so much better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Yeah. So if my vision of the future is a future of intimacy, right? Because I feel this feels like a very intimate conversation. I feel like I'm just having a conversation at a at a barbecue or a cookout, yeah. you know. And so the, my vision of sex in the future is is pleasurable and it is connected and it is heartfelt and then so that's my vision of the future and then i so the feelings that i want to have i take those feelings in the future and i bring them back here and i say well i want to claim those in the present moment mm-hmm. the feel i got to claim the feelings maybe not the that actual thing but the feeling of it i want to claim that right now and live in that right now and it creates the, the space to be able to move into it so I, then i have to take those feelings those desires for those feelings and then be intimate with you and to request to ask if we can create an agreement that our sex life would be, I'm not saying this about you, I'm just saying, but but like, I'd like to create an environment where our sex life is connected. And this is what connected means to me. Release expectation in that moment, right? I I issued my vision of what the future I'm looking to create. I'm here. I'm saying, you know, this is, this is my desire. I'm not attached to having it to having it have to happen the exact mm-hmm. way that I think it is. But I've just issued my vision to you, my desire to you, and I've let you know through an intimate exchange. And then I'm open in conversation to reach an agreement that we feel is going to help both of us to be able to move forward to the, so that we can both create that future and that value proposition as well. Right. And you're saying, I'm going to do the work. I'm not asking right. you to change who you are. I'm right. saying, yeah, this is, this is what I want. And this is what I'm committed to mm-hmm. and being open to whatever the response is because the fear of the, of the response is why we wouldn't share our truth in the first place. Oh, well, I don't, right. don't want to say that because what if they're not on board with that? Well, mm-hmm. two problems with that. I mean, if, if they're not on board with it, then you probably shouldn't be doing the thing that you're doing together because that's your truth. Right. 
And if you're not going to say what your truth is because you're afraid of how somebody's going to respond to it, well, now you're not going to be your true self anyway. So they're they're with the false you now. They're in relationship yeah, with the false right. you because you're not communicating what yeah. you're actually feeling. And the other thing is to realize is that feelings change. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's this thing, especially as men, is like, oh, I feel, if we can even tap into it, I feel like needy right now. I feel scared. I feel weak. There's this weird thing is like, if we speak that it's as if like now we're a weak person. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, you're, you're literally commentating on your own personal weather and owning it and accepting it, not repressing oh, it. Cause repressing it then becomes that thing that you talked about earlier about the somatic that gets stuffed down in your muscles. And now you're walking around and you, you don't know it, but you're communicating the fact that you're actually, you are a weak person because mm-hmm you're disallowing these natural parts of yourself from being brought and communicated on the surface. Yeah. I feel like I'm in church right now. It's, th- it's, it's Thursday, but I feel like I'm in church right now. <laughs> I'm not even religious and I feel like I'm in church. I'll give you an example, like the, the projection thing. I had a, sent a, um, an email to someone that was involved in a project that I was working. Uh, this, you know, I do storytelling for brands mm-hmm. and, this project they were working on, I hadn't heard from one of the people that was involved in it for like four months and they had an integral role and it was issues, some communications that was going on. And then eventually there was no communication. Then we just let it go. The, the intention was to, to have a conversation with that person and just say, Hey, like what's happening? What's, you know, what's going on? All of a sudden there was an emergence of that person after four months. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm back. Blah, blah, blah. It was just real matter of fact. And then I responded, I said, um, this is really comes to the point about like that muscle tension and that mm-hmm. fighting the world and the projection and all that. And I said, um, so we heard from you in four months, <laughs> four months. <laughs> Have you lost your damn mind? Like, what are you, what is wrong with you? Mm. you must blown, right? Just blown, right? Not like a week or two, right. four months, <laughs> dude, four uh, months. Yeah. So, so I'm like, all right. And I was like, yo, like, that was like really out of integrity for you to just like bounce like that, right? <laughs> just bounce. Yeah. Just out. And then dude, the, then the, I, the, I got a right hook, a martyr and a left hook, a victim in an email reply. And it was just like, yeah. yo, it was like, you know, I got, I had this happen and that happened and this happened and that happened and this happened. And I was like, oh. I'm exhausted. Yeah. yeah, I'm exhausted. And the thing I realized, and, that, and then there was a line in it that really stuck out to me. It said, um, it said I'm, you know, I'm not going to let you character assassinate me. Mm-hmm. I said, let me tell you something about character assassination. If an email has the ability to assassinate your character, then your character was on shaky ground anyway. <laughs> right? So I can call you forward. Yeah. Integrity is not an end sum game. Right. Right. It's not it's not like it's an all in. Like you either are in integrity or you're not. But it's not like if you're out of it, you can get back in it. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it's the, it's the it's the hokey pokey. Do you put your left foot in? You put your left foot out. Like, you know, I can do the I can. The definition of integrity that I take is honoring one's word. Mm-hmm. And so meaning that if I say something, I'll, I'll do what I say. And in the event that I am human, which we all are, and I don't do what I say, then I will honor the fact that I issued my word and I'll clean it up. Right. That's it. That's it. 
And so the thing is, is that people are playing these in some games with themselves, dude. Mm-hmm. That person walking down the street who's tense and everything like that, they're fighting themselves every single day. Every when that moment. person argues every moment, every moment, yeah. every moment they're fighting themselves. And liberation, they talk about liberation of freedom, mm-hmm. is that your freedom comes when you realize that your ultimate power is your ability to release that. Mm-hmm fight against the world to release the fight against the world and to reclaim what it is that the way that you want to stand in the world and then move to that and release of the expectation that things need to happen the way that you think that they need to happen because things can also happen exponentially better than you ever could have expected you know that's the thing that uh, people miss is that they think oh if i let go and i surrender then i'm not going to have the things in my life that i want right but it's completely not the truth. And if everyone was living from their integrity in this world, it would be an amazing situation. Not even, even not everybody. It's amazing now. I mean, more and more people, more and more people are coming to that and being guided that way. I know you mentioned five years ago, my turning point happened five years ago too. My 40th birthday is the end of this year. So I, mm. I feel like we, you know, probably got, got a similar spanking from the universe around the same time. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, you know, I feel like, you know, having conversations with people like you is a representation of the work that I've done on me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and every time I have a, I told somebody the other day, I was like, I no longer have conversations about other people or about mm-hmm. other things. Like I, I see little drops of me in you. Mm-hmm. So the value proposition in this conversation is are the aspects of me that I see in you and the aspects of me that I get to tune into to be able to amplify my vibration, my stand, who mm-hmm. I want to be in the world. And then, and then the, the way that I move in the world, because I got it's no longer about the things that I thought I needed to acquire. Then that means that if my personal intention is to, to stand in this way, to be able to help people to make this a kind of stand, then I get to make sure that I am the most powerful version of myself every day. Mm-hmm. I get to make sure that that's the person that I wake up to every day and that that fuels me every single day, you know? And I feel very honored to really have this reflection in this way with you at this time. It's just like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, because it's really interesting, right? Because we're on this in this conversation under the context of like this is a podcast, right? And it's a podcast about entrepreneurship. And we had an outline that we were going to go through. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as we sit down to each other, we can either recognize the context and give priority to the context and the plan, or we can tune into exactly what this is about, which has nothing to do with our plans. And go with that and trust that that's the best thing to do. And we don't know the purpose. Why do anything else? That's the opposite of intimacy, that you get the indication. And I sometimes have like internal conversation with myself. Like when, when I get a message to do something, I'm like, seriously, that's what you want me to do? Like, I, I don't see it, but I'll <laughs> right. do it. Right. I'll do it. Because yeah. you know, I've had enough practice where I'm like, okay, the greatest things in my life happen when I allow to step into the mysterious aspects, the things where I don't see where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, 
Do you know who Naval Ravikant is? Mm-mm. All right. For all the entrepreneurs listening to this, we're going to round this out with some tactical shit because I like to get surgical all right, with it. Let's do it. So, Naval, he did this tweet storm. And the tweet storm was like, how to get rich without like something, like how to do something without something else. But it's like how to get rich without, and he's like a Silicon Valley investor, Indian dude. Brilliant, brilliant dude. He talks about this. He talks about how to get rich and he brings up these, all these different principles and, and stuff. And it's really brilliant. It's a three hour long podcast. If you go to YouTube and search it, maybe you can put it in the, in the note section, yep. put that and they have a transcript for it too. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And it talks about all the stuff that we're talking about. Because at the foundation of, of everyone, human being success are the relationships with which that person is in, mm-hmm. right? And so, for instance, if my, uh, so one of the things he talks about is that most people are trying to, they think that if they acquire money, if they achieve success through money or acquisition or anything like that, then what's going to happen is that, oh, then now people are going right. to respect me, right. right? So what he says is that the greatest form of leverage, because he talks about leverage, one of the greatest forms of leverage is trust. Mm-hmm. Trust is established through personal accountability. Meaning showing up with your full name when things go good or things do not. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when you establish trust, it becomes the most highly leverageable asset. And that trust is developed through listening. Mm-hmm. And so your initial instinct Because here's the thing, you had a moment in the beginning of this podcast Mm -hmm. where you could have gone, you know what, this is the way that I want to do things. This is the way that it needs to go. It needs to go based on my expectation Mm -hmm. or I can create a new agreement within myself and within the the framework of this and I can allow this to travel. And what I am doing is I am listening to myself and my feelings and what I feel is going to be of the best service for myself, which I feel, which essentially is going to be in the best service of my audience. And then what happens is that you let it go down that. And then what happens is that as a result of us having this conversation, then people go, some, somebody goes, well, they didn't really talk about entrepreneurship or whatever, whatever. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. We talked, <laughs> we just built a relationship. What the hell are you doing? If you out, you lost, what are you doing? Yeah. No, no, no. You're doing it wrong. You're right. doing it wrong. The foundation of it is that if you listen to what the environment is, because that's what I was doing initially. I tried to start a speaking business. I wasn't listening to the way that people wanted to work with me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to the universe. I wasn't listening to my feelings. I wasn't listening. I was like, oh, I need to be a speaker. And some people are like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm like, yo, just listen. Just shut right. the fuck up and listen, homie. Just shut up. Shut up. Just listen, Sanjika. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And listen. And if you just listen to yourself and allow that to, to, allow that to travel then you are opening yourself up to greater opportunity to build powerful relationships and the foundation of any extra external success, financial, relationship, physical health, anything like that is on the foundation of your ability to develop relationships, your ability to create trust, and your ability to listen. Yeah, and the ability and that, to create that first relationship with yourself. Because you can't skip that. Yeah. Two plan quotes that really cracked me up about having plans. And one is, if you want to hear God laugh, share your plans with him. And the second one, <laughs> the second one is from, um, I think it was Mike Tyson. It's basically like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Absolutely. You know, it's like your plan. It's like, it doesn't even matter. Uh, it all suck, man. <laughs> yeah. 
I tell people, I say, you know, I got a 10 year plan to get to a $250 million exit from a company. And they go, well, why do you want to make some, why is it so much money? Why, why is it that, you know, why is the number so big? And I'm like, look, homie, I'm like, some people want to climb mountains. I want to make $250 million and just see what, the, see what the top of that mountain looks like as right. a result. And I'm and, sure and, that your life is still going to be fine, even if that doesn't happen <laughs> in 10 years, but you have a fixed point. That's in this, this is a whole nother podcast, but we're not sure. speaking against planning. Yep. We're not speaking against goals, but you right. have to balance your future plans and goals because that's it's good because it helps you if you're staring at a star, it helps you navigate and make sure you're on track with what Absolutely. your plan is. But you do, like you said, you have to be willing to be open and see things written in the sand. If it's telling you to switch direction, you got to be willing to listen if you're getting yeah. that message. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Dave Chappelle, man, it was a powerful example of that, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really remember when that when that show was blowing up and then he he left. Did yeah. you ever watch that show? Oh, yeah, show? yeah. And I also watched the yeah. comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, where they talk about that whole how that all went down. Yeah. yeah, it was deep, man. But he was like, you know, he said his dad had a quote. He said, you know, when the price, he said, when the price gets too much, you know, you you got to when the price gets more. Basically, like was about conversation about value. So I remember exactly what he said, but he felt like he was compromising himself for the money, mm. right? And then he felt like he was compromising himself for the money. And it was a $50 million contract on the table. It was a production contract. So yeah, I mean, it was all money for him, but still it's $50 million is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He had himself, his partner, Neil. He had everybody associated with that. Like everybody was, yo, this is the biggest show ever on Comedy Central and it's about to blow up. Biggest selling DVD, all of that stuff. And he was like, yo, the price too high, man. I'm, it's because mm-hmm. it's compromising me. I'm out. And then people go, man, yeah, you blew it. Mm-hmm. You blew it because you gave up the money. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it. And then what happens? 10 years later, Netflix, through no accident, trust me, dude, the universe don't make no accidents. Mm-hmm. They say, yo, we're going to give you $50 million. Just do, We're going to give you a $50 million production contract. Mm-hmm. It was ceremonial. Yeah. It was ceremonial. He said, yo, I'm in because now I can do it on my terms. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about him is that he knew in that present moment, it's 10 years ago, that his value in that moment would exponentially grow because he could see the future. He knew that $50 million contract was coming from Netflix and he didn't even need to know it was actually coming. He just knew his vibration, his frequency would bring that opportunity to him. Oh, and, and I'm sure exact- there was shadow work all up in that. Like, oh, I'm man. sure he, he was all <laughs> over the place and fighting the battles, and but he made the choice in the end. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. It did. And it, and it came full circle, man. It's a perfect example of that, man. And I, I will say that, man, like, you know, I, as I step into this space, yeah, man, that's, that's, I call it shadow boxing, mm-hmm. you know. That's definitely shadow boxing. You were definitely standing off with your shadow, but we get to step into that if this is the journey that we, we seek to take. If we are up to big things in the world, as many of the people who are listening to your podcast obviously are. Mm -hmm. And that's the work for us to do. And I I mean, I've had this image come into my mind in recent days that, you know, we all come into this world with a plate of distasteful food that we have to consume while we're here. Mm. And some of us just constantly push the plate away. Like, oh, I don't, I just don't want any of that. Some of us be like, okay, recognize this has to be done. This is my work. I'm going to take a bite every day because that's how I'm going to get through it. Mm. And for those of us who choose to do that, you know, when stuff happens, it's a little bit less jarring because 
there's been a relationship made with and an agreement made that, hey, we're going to do the work. And yeah, sometimes I need to rest, but I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to mm-hmm. take what's given to me and, mm-hmm. and do what I need to do with it. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with it because it's always in the moment. But right. that willingness and that commitment to just show up, I think it's what we're doing here. And if we choose to do that, then that's what makes the world a better place. I very much agree. Yeah. It's been really awesome talking to you. <laughs> yeah, man. This is it's dope. Yeah. This is really dope. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you being open to let the conversation flow. Yeah. And to all of the people who are listening, to the people that this connects with, man, like, you know, I, I really, I'm really letting you know, like, you know, that the same words that I received yesterday is that it's never too late to become the person that you always thought you could be. Mm. Yeah. And wherever you are in your journey, just know that I was not a believer in my own future and I did not think I could create it. Yeah. And through this work, shadow work, vibration work, trauma work, physical health work, commitment around food and all that other kind of stuff, man, making a non-negotiable commitment to the values upon which I stand has helped me to, to transition and transform my life. And I'm, I'm sure to a, a similar degree it's done for you. And I, I just want to issue that possibility to everybody yeah. that I am deeply, deeply praying for you wherever you are in your journey, whether you are lighting it up or you're looking to light it up as well. Yeah. And I would also say to those people, I mean, it's always important to recognize the allies that come into your life and the things that can help you. And in just this short time I've been talking to you, I, I can see your value as someone who people can work with. Now, the value I see that you have, yes, Firestarter for sure. But you also have the ability to bust through walls. I feel like when people can be in your presence and work with you, yes, you're lighting the fire, but you're also through just the way that you naturally are. You help break through things. And that's a very powerful medicine a living medicine to be because it's so essential. Like, and the, the point is like, we don't have to do that shit on our own. Mm. Like you exist as a person who's doing this work and helping people do that. So like people should take advantage of it. <laughs> if, Hey, I've got a block in me. How can I work through that? Uh, go check out what you do. You're just doing it. I'm very appreciative of that reflection. Mm-hmm. And it makes me emotional, man, because the depths of despair are very, they still feel very real, you know, like those, those depths feel very real and they feel very present and they feel very like somebody said, you know, when you step into this space where now you are transitioning into another evolution of yourself, will you be responsible with that power? You Mm -hmm. know, and I'm constantly tapping in and being in tune with it, you know, because it's like, it's just one of those things, man, where I've realized that, People are going through real human experiences and that we have these things that we want to accomplish at the end of the day. I think we just want to feel good in our own skin. Oh yeah, for sure. And you can be trusted all the more because you've gone through and are continuing to go through it because it doesn't end. It's not an ending point. It's that it's, it's that commitment and agreement that I'm going to live life fully. And my truth is not to live in the gray. Whatever comes before me, I'm going to say yes or I'm going to say no, but either way, I'm going to do the thing. And that's inner alchemy. And that energy is ultimately what is breaking down. Those choices are what's breaking down the barriers. Because like a little flimsy, like, 
oh, I don't know. That, that doesn't break shit down. Right? Gray doesn't break anything. <laughs> it's like it, it sits, it gets comfortable. It gets comfortable yeah. with what is. That's what gray does. So anyway, I should ask you, just as a formality, can you share with people where they can learn more about you? Yeah, they can go to firestarterlive.com and you can message me on Facebook, San Diego the Firestarter uh, Street, or you can uh, get me at IG at Firestarter Live. You can email me, San Diego at Firestarter Live, S-A-N-Y-I-K-A at firestarterlive.com. I'm accessible, man. I'm reachable. Perfect. You know, you can you you can holler at me. <laughs> you know? So get at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll we'll include all of those things, and we mentioned a bunch of resources. So we'll include a bunch of stuff in the show notes. But really glad that we were able to tune all that stuff out and just have an open conversation and and get to know each other. It was really special. Absolutely. Yeah, super dope, man. I'm honored and appreciative, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to our entire conversation. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you're walking away with a more expansive perspective on what's possible for you, your life, and your business. I'd also like to extend my sincere gratitude to Sanika for coming on the show and being so open about his life, struggles, and experiences. To get the links to all the resources we mentioned in this episode, you can head on over to subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 152. There you'll also find the complete show notes, a downloadable transcript, and the video recording of our conversation. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more engaging interviews with successful entrepreneurs, experts, and authors, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. We have a growing library of engaging episodes with many more to come. So thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.